0: Welcome or welcome back to I Don't Care the Podcast. I'm your girl, Alexia Stefano, And if you can hear, which I'm hoping you can't because this is an expensive mic, but you might hear a little bit the loudest noise in the world. Let me just be quiet and see if you guys can hear it. I don't know if you can hear it, but if you can't, let me demonstrate. <sighs> That is the sound I hear from our hundred-year-old oven. That is downstairs. So I talk about downstairs a lot where I am because this is my podcast space. Um, And this is a blank wall that we are against for the YouTubers here. I've got a blank wall with some thingies and my chairs. But on the other side of the camera is a kitchen, a very old, 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 old kitchen. And we've got a very old oven that is currently cooking the turkey because today, the day that I'm filming, is Thanksgiving. So, happy Thanksgiving, ladies and gentlemen and non-binaries. Um, let me know what you're thankful for. I'm thankful for spooky season. The fact that it's Halloween. I'm wearing a pumpkin sweater. And, um, ghost socks. And I'm just so happy that it's Halloween spooky season. I'm grateful and thankful for my brain. For... Um, the things that I have achieved thus far in my career and for everything in the future that I still have in store um, I'm thankful for my health my dog my mom my brother their health and that's just on period I'm really hoping you guys can't hear the oven I cannot believe how loud it is and I feel like that just shows you how it barely gets used and how old it fucking is. The fact that it sounds like it's an airplane. And it's going to take me a long time to get used to that loudness. Because it's incredibly annoying. Um, But we are hosting Thanksgiving dinner with all of my family. My aunts, my uncles, my grandparents. Well, not all of them, but majority. Um, And... Yeah, that's what's happening tonight. Thing about me is I'm such a picky eater. I don't like any food that is served on the holidays. So Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter. Like I don't like these kinds of celebrations because I don't like the food that is served during these celebrations. I prefer... Some simple chicken nuggets and fries, some quesadillas, some tacos, some Caesar salad, some um, just like the simple children food is my type of appetite. Pizza. So for holidays, I don't like the food because it's too fancy for me. You know, we've got the turkey going with the stuffing and potatoes There's salads and pastas and different kinds of meats, different kinds of like appetizers. I don't like any of that shit. Give me some chicken strips and fries and a side of Caesar salad, and I am a happy, happy girl. But all this fancy food doesn't make me happy. It makes me annoyed. So I'm maybe one of the only people on on the planet who during holiday season does not eat too much. In fact, I am hungry during the holidays because all of the food that gets served is once a year foods, once, twice a year food that I just don't like. And this is a problem pretty much nobody has. And it's just me. And it's really not a problem because I... I'll eat the corn I'll eat whatever chicken is served usually there is a Caesar salad that I'll eat and if there is like plain pasta I'll eat that too but I'm not I'm not eating like this isn't food i I've been waiting all year for this isn't food that I cannot wait to get into and that I'm just gonna savor every single bite this is a kind of dinner that I can't wait until it's over kind of thing. But um, I've decorated the house. Oh, my God, I decorated the house so good. Like, this might be some of my best work yet. And I'm t- talking about outside. I've set up a crime scene, which I've done in the past. Um, one year, I did a dead body in the middle of the yard that had been stabbed with caution tape around it another year I did a dead body that was coming out of the front mirror or the front window of my car because I wasn't using my car at this time it was like four years ago I wasn't using my car but I had one and so I decorated like I, I created a car crash with the dead body so I am someone who One year I did a dead body just in like a garbage bag and I threw it um, on the lawn. Like I love a dead body incorporated into Halloween decorations for outside. The point of Halloween is to be scary, is to be spooky. And so many people don't like this and so many people aren't those kinds of people. But... If you are a Halloween person, if you are a horror fanatic, if you like gruesome shit, then this is your month to shine. And you can tell what people love Halloween based on their decorations outside. What a shame it would be for people to be bored by my decorations when I am a Halloween horror connoisseur, when I am someone who makes it known that I love Ariana Grande and that I love horror movies and that I love that world of horror. So, yes, I want my house to be scary. I want my house to be so scary that the kids are almost hesitant to even walk onto my yard because that's what halloween is about it's not about dressing cute it's not about dressing sexy it's not about children it's about scary it's about slasher movies it's about the shining it's about all the halloween all the scream movies the exorcist movies the conjuring movies insidious it's about ouija's and conjuring up spirits and doing the ouija board And having Halloween parties, doing decoration stuff. And it's about being in the spirit. And you know what? I am sick and tired of people skipping over Halloween. Why am I going into every single store and it's already Christmas in the fucking stores? Like, justice for Halloween honestly pisses me off. It pisses me off so much because we are just going to skip over the best holiday of the year? No. Not on not on my watch, not on my yard. So, this year I've I have two full dead bodies fake. One is in clothing so it actually looks like a dead human body. I stuffed clothing um and i put a helmet on so then it has the shape the curvature of an actual head and then i put a plastic bag and i tied it really tight and so it looks like the body was suffocated to death and then another body i have on one of those like dolly trays that like push things i've put um i've put A dead body inside a garbage bag and the dead body that I made was um, from garbage bags already full of cans and bottles and stuff and I threw those two I had two big garbage bags full of cans and bottles so I threw those both into a big black garbage bag with a basketball inside of it and then I taped it around to make the curvature and shape of, like, a, a body. Um, and then I threw it onto the dolly so it looks like it kind of fell over. And then there's two more garbage bags with body parts, if you're creative. When you're looking at this lawn, you're supposed to envision, like, a slasher movie. So I think I'm going to be a murderer for Halloween to just really encapsulate the scene that I've created on my lawn Um, and then I have in our wheelbarrow I tipped over the wheelbarrow and I put some like sand in there and then some skeleton bones and head and stuff and it's amazing plus I have some other things like some ghosts and spiders and spider webs and um, things hanging on like trees and at the front door like there's a lot going on but the centerpiece is the dead bodies creating this slasher horror film kind of still picture, if you will. Now, I'll insert some pictures on YouTube for you guys to watch, and I'll probably post about it as well on the Instagram account. So make sure to check it out at I don't care underscore the podcast because that's where I post lots of things that I reference in podcast episodes. Um, Or just check out the YouTube channel so you can see it directly on here. But I am so excited to get into the Halloween spirit. Nobody that I know around me is into it like I am. Nobody is passionate about this shit like I am. And I'm sick and tired of it. But it's okay. I'll just take matters into my own hands. And make Halloween amazing for myself. Um, yeah, I'm really happy with how my decorations turned out, not to mention I've decorated inside, but inside is more cute than outside because outside is meant to be scary. And then inside, like I'm not trying to put fake blood everywhere inside like I did outside. So inside I just have some ghosts that I made, um, pumpkins and Halloween candles and, um, just little Halloween things everywhere plus some fall stuff everywhere Uh, and I just couldn't be more happy to walk around my house and look outside and just feel like I'm in a horror movie it's amazing that is what Halloween is all about the Halloween spirit (laughs) I can't do an evil laugh I've been working on it I've been working on it but it's not been it's not been it's not been good. Ha 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 ha. See, they're not—they're not evil enough for me. But I think being a murderer for Halloween will be the vibe. Now I'm just trying to decide if I want to be like a Michael Myers, a Jason, or if I want to be more of a unique personalized murderer I don't know have not decided that yet last year for Halloween I was a pregnant witch which if you want to see last year's Halloween special just check it out cuz it's there um the year before I was like an 80s workout guru the year previous to that, I was Kim Kardashian. And every year, my Halloween costumes are pretty good as well. Like, Halloween is serious. And I take Halloween as a competition to have my, ba- my house be the nicest in the neighborhood, to have the best costume. I take it upon myself to make everything a competition when it comes to Halloween. And that is what I've done here. And that is what I've done yet again this year. And I've self-proclaimed competition. I have also won it Um, because nobody around us has really decorated yet. And it's a shame. If you are from the neighborhood listening to this, it's time to decorate. Try to beat me. Try. Let's make it a real competition this year. You know what? Next year, we should actually host like a real competition that would be good um and we always do like big neighborhood fireworks and um, have music out and it's it's always a nice fun gathering of the neighborhood which is exciting okay I want to do our daily affirm our weekly affirmation our listen bitch affirmation And then I'm going to talk to you guys about the horror movies that I have watched thus far. And then I have a couple other things that I want to chit-chat with you guys about. But let's get into our Listen Bitch affirmation. Last week's I did good with my words of wisdom. Let's see if I can do good again this week or if it's going to be a doozy. I'm just shuffling the cards, and I like to just, I like to just uh, f- have intuition pick what card or or the universe pick what card is pulled. Okay, listen, bitch. That thing you're self conscious about is what makes you light up the fucking room. Listen, bitch. The thing you're self conscious about. Is what makes you light up the fucking room. I disagree 100% with this one. I see where it's coming from. I disagree. Because I know this is just trying to be nice. But you don't know what I'm insecure about. If I'm insecure. And I'm not insecure about this. But just for example. If I was insecure about my arms. You're telling me the fact that I'm insecure and self-conscious about my arms. Is the reason why the room is fucking lit now. Get out of here. You're telling me that because I'm self conscious about my laugh, that is what's gonna light up the fucking room? Bullshit. That's not true. However, what I will say is being self conscious is very self deprecating because what's the point? What's the point in being so self conscious in something that it debilitates you from doing something else. Insecurities are inevitable. Being self-conscious is inevitable. We are human beings with human feelings and insecurities about ourselves because that is just the way of the world. But if I'm insecure about my laugh, which I'm I'm not really, but I, I'd say sometimes I can be and sometimes I'm Most of the time I'm not, but sometimes I can be. But if I was really self-conscious of my laugh, what does that mean? I'm just never going to laugh again? That I'm never going to allow myself to find something funny? That I'm never going to allow myself to enjoy a good joke because I'm insecure about my laugh? That I'm never going to make a joke because I'm insecure about my laugh? If I am insecure about my stomach well what i'm never gonna i'm never gonna wear clothes that show my stomach i'm never gonna go to the beach and have a bikini on because my stomach might show like these things are things that that people do all the time hide their insecurities don't let them show 99 percent of the time the thing that you are so self-conscious about other people don't even notice which Is what that card should have said because to say the thing you're so insecure about and self-conscious about is the thing that lights up the room it's just some phony fucking baloney because my laugh isn't gonna light up the room because the way my eyebrow hairs are thin isn't gonna light up the motherfucking room what's gonna light up the room is me But what the room won't tell is that my eyebrow hairs are thin. Like that's what it should have been is don't stress and don't, you know, crumble over your self-consciousness and insecurities because nobody's going to fucking notice the thing you're insecure about, which honestly would have been more helpful because to tell someone, you know what, don't worry. The thing that you're insecure about, it's going to light up the room. To me, I'd be like, what the fuck? What do you mean it's going to light up the room? Everyone's going to be staring at the thing I don't want people staring at. Everyone's going to notice the thing that I don't want people to notice. Don't let it light up the room. Let's, let's just pretend nobody notices anything that I'm insecure about. Because nobody gives a shit about your insecurities. Like Nobody gives a fuck what you're insecure about. I have my own insecurities. I don't care what other people are insecure about because I'm so consumed in my own insecurities. We don't have time to think about other people because we're so concerned with ourselves, human nature. What if we stop doing that? Hypothetically, what if we stop doing that? What if we focused on other people's insecurities? What would we say to people? What do we say to people? When they open up about their insecurities, well, we always are positive. We always say, you shouldn't be insecure about that. That's something that I love a lot about you. And maybe that's what they mean by it lights up the room. If, you know, if someone's like, I don't like my smile and I'm like, why the fuck don't you like your smile? I love your smile. Um, that could be one thing. Or you don't like your smile? I don't, I don't know. You know know what I'm trying to say? Like we're supportive friends. When our friends or people we're close to open up about their insecurities, we want to tell them that they're wrong. You're wrong for those feelings. You shouldn't have those feelings because they're just wrong. So sometimes we need to talk to ourselves that way as well. Alexia, you're feeling insecure about your acting ability. You're wrong. You are a great actress. You should always, because every actor should be going to workshops and always improving and learning. But don't disregard the talent that you do have and don't compare yourself to other talent because those are different funk of people. Worry about yourself. And continue learning and going to classes and workshops for yourself. Find the things that you could do better or that you know you want to work on and work on them. But to say that you are a bad actress is wrong. Or for someone else, insecure about their weight maybe. S- you could you can tell them a slew of things. You could say, You know, that's something that I really admire about you is the confidence that you project or I love that you own your style and um, the way that you present yourself in front of people is really admirable or you shouldn't beat yourself up for the way you look because you've got those curves that people wish they could have or whatever the fuck it may be when we are face-to-face with people telling us their insecurities. We confide in those people. We need to also be able to confide in ourselves. Something about me, which I don't know where I got it from or how it happened, but I, or maybe it's because of the actor in me, I know how to disassociate myself from my own feelings. Or maybe that's from Trauma. I don't know where I'm able to do this, but I'm grateful that I can disassociate because when I'm feeling a strong feeling of of insecurity or doubt, I'm able to disassociate myself from those feelings to give myself a pep talk. It's very weird. But literally what I just did for you guys about the whole acting thing, like I do that to myself. You're insecure about this. Okay, let's talk about it. Me, let's, let me play devil ad- advocate for myself. Um, so I advise that you try to do that yourself. We always listen to ourselves when, our, when we're talking about the negatives because it's so much easier. It's so much easier to think to yourself, oh my God, I hate the way I did that. Or, oh my God, I can't believe I said that. I'm such an idiot. Or why the fuck did I wave to that stranger? Why would I do that? Instead, it should be as easy to be like, oh my God, I can't believe I said that, but honestly, good for me. Or why did I say it that way? Could be, that's a new way of saying things for me. I don't know if I'm going to stick with it, but I'm glad I tried. Or instead of why the fuck did I wave to that stranger? I'm stupid. It's, that was a kind thing to do. I waved to a stranger. Maybe let me do it on purpose next time. It's a manipulation. Whether you fully believe it or not, that's fine. But you, as easy as it is to think so negatively about ourselves, we should able to think positively about ourselves. And it doesn't need to be, instead of me saying it negatively, let me try to say it positively. That's practice. You should be doing that because that's, That's like step one. But it's also important for us to compliment ourselves, to, again, disassociate from yourself, from your own life, to almost look at your life through a looking glass and to be like, wow, you did that thing. I'm so proud of you to almost like third person yourself without completely third person yourself because instead of being like I'm so proud of you still be like I'm so proud of myself I can't believe I did that that's such an achievement that I was working towards and I did it so it's not so much about your insecurities or self-consciousness being the center of attention to everyone it's more of nobody gives a fuck about your insecurities and your self-consciousness because nobody even notices it. And we need to instead of project our negative feelings onto other people, be able to reflect, be able to confide in ourselves and be able to speak more positively about ourselves. But also be true and honest to ourselves. And I fucking nailed that shit. Wow, you guys, for being a 20 year old, I cannot believe the wisdom I have to share. It should be illegal. It should be illegal for me to share this shit for free. People pay big money for professionals to say the same shit that I say, and I'm giving it to you for free. You're welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got lots to discuss today and I'm very excited to get into it. I just can't believe still how loud this damn oven is. I I feel like I'm shouting. We've got the loudness of the fridge and the loudness of the oven. And for being a podcast studio, this is meant to be quiet and shit is far from quiet. Okay, we are going to talk about the movies that I have watched thus far. So, day one, I watched the movie called Terrifier. Now, the first movie is definitely lower budget, um, which you can tell. It's a slasher film um, centered around Uh, this clown being guy and on a scare level I'd say it's like a two it's not scary it's not it's not scary at all for me at least but even for my brother and for his girlfriend not scary honestly we were laughing at quite a few parts of the movie What I do appreciate a lot is creative death scenes. I hate um, with classic horror films, slashers specifically, that the murderer always kills the victims the same way, whether it be with a knife, whether it be that slow walk, that sort of tormenting walk. Um. Being like the chase, right? Where the killer is doing that slow walk while the victim is running for their fucking lives. And then, of course, the murderer always catches up to them and then, like, just stabs them in the fucking back or slits their throat. I'm bored of that shit. Four horror movies. What I liked about Terrifier was that these deaths were gruesome. These deaths were creative and it I know this sounds so very morbid. I get it. But when you have watched literally thousands of horror movies, it becomes redundant. It's like watching Hallmark movies. You're like at, at some point you're watching the same fucking plot every single time. And so, when it comes to slasher films, it's almost like a a Hallmark movie, but just opposite. And so, when it is when something different happens, whether it be creative deaths or um, how ha- if if the main characters die, whatever it is, when something is different than a classic, classic, classic slasher film, you appreciate it because it sets it apart from all those other slasher films that get made so that's that's something I appreciate a lot about Terrifier 1 and Terrifier 2 which were the creative deaths and the torture and the torment that some of the victims went through I'm not gonna spoil plots for any of these movies because I think that you guys should watch them and kind of be along this journey with me But on a scare level for both the movies, Terrifier 1 and Terrifier 2, they weren't scary at all. Um, Terrifier 2, maybe just a little bit more than Terrifier 1 because they upped their budget and they had bigger sets. They had a bigger plot line. They had more screen time. Everything was amped up with Terrifier 2 versus Terrifier 1. Um, And to be honest there was a point with the storyline that I wish they had done something that would have been really amazing but they didn't do it and maybe with Terrifier 3 they might somehow do what I was thinking without spoiling anything Um, they missed out on a on a big plot twist they could have done the third movie was evil dead rise I hated it. It was terrible. Look, I don't love horror movies that are like. I like when people get possessed, but Evil Dead Rise was just like, what were they possessed by? I don't like when people are possessed by like monsters. I like when a spirit possesses you. And I felt like in this. It was more of a giving monster-possessing person vibe. And then, of course, they became a psycho murderer, killing everyone. And that's not a spoiler alert, actually, because that's a slasher film for you, is murderer kills everyone. But it it went, it was not good. It was scarier than Terrifier 1 and to I guess but it was just it wasn't my type of horror movie I'll just say that day four was a movie called Henry the portrait of a serial killer I had so much hope for this movie because based on that name and the description that I read I thought it would walk us through the inside of a serial killer's mind like really take us through their perspective take us through um like how how they think how they go about their day how they justify their murders i thought we would get almost like an eerie real life portrayal of a serial killer from their perspective I was really looking forward to that. It was not that at all. In fact, almost nothing happened in the movie. Like if I'm really thinking about the entire movie, nothing happened. <laughs> like people died, yeah, and things technically were happening, but there was no justification for anything. There nothing in in the plot like there was no driving force for the plot there was no this happened so now this has to happen or because of this happening this intensifies like there it was just like you were watching something happen and you were like okay but nobody's gonna answer any questions about it nobody's gonna ask like when where what who why how like you're just gonna okay okay Sure. Sounds good. And it was not scary at all, which it wasn't technically under the horror category, but it was like when I Google, I Googled realistic horror because I wanted something under like that realism that 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 made me genuinely scared. I wanted something to genuinely scare me because it was realistic. Um, And I've only actually ever experienced that once with a movie where it scared me to my core because that could happen to me. And that is a movie called Lisa McVeigh or sorry, The Abduction of Lisa McVeigh, where she gets kidnapped and terrible things happen to her and then people don't believe her. And that, I I wouldn't say like it scared me in the general sense like horror films do, but it scared me because I could get kidnapped. Because I look like that girl. Because we're the same height. Because that was a true story. Because those things actually happened to the real Lisa McVeigh. And it could happen to me. It could happen to the people around me. What if I'm not as lucky as she was? what if I was one of the people before her who weren't the lucky ones like horror movies or just scary things in general are supposed to make you think after them and not one of these movies had made me think after I finished them not yet at least um, so that was day f- four day five I watched a movie called The Rating and Though it wasn't scary, like I was hoping it would be. It was fucking good. It was a good movie. It, it, it was not your general slasher film, which I like. And I love when horror films trap you in a certain place. Nobody can get out. And there's the element of we got to get out. And there's the element of we got to survive. And there's the element of let's kill this motherfucker. I and all those elements were in this movie. But there was also a huge plot twist that fucking fooled me, fooled me. But also up until that plot twist, I was thinking that this was going to be a supernatural movie, not a slasher film. And then the plot twist happened and it turned into a slasher, which I was a little disappointed about because I love supernatural movies and paranormal shit is the scariest thing for me to watch. Um, So I was really looking forward to that paranormal aspect, but then it turned into a slasher and I was like, okay, well, it's really entertaining and the plot line is thick, which I like. And I, it, the way it ended definitely is leaving off for a movie number two. Um, so it was phenomenal. I definitely recommend you watch the reading. Yesterday's movie was called The Faculty. And I didn't know what was going on. Like, I didn't have any... Most of these movies, I don't know even the premise of it before I'm beginning. I just, like, wrote... I Googled, like, scariest movies of all time, and I would write down, like, what the list said, and I created my own list. Um, so far, I've been disappointed. But we'll see. Um, so, The the Faculty, finally, it was not a slasher movie. It was an alien sort of... um an an alien taking over sort of sci-fi horror film i i never i never gravitate towards sci-fi horror but i always enjoy it when i do watch sci-fi horror because it's so playful you really get to just you don't know what's going to happen because there are no set rules because sci-fi could mean anything can happen. There are no rules in sci-fi because you create the universe. I love that because you never know what's gonna fucking happen. And the faculty, I totally thought was gonna be your typical slasher film, and it was not. It was a sci-fi horror. So I've been liking the surprises that I've been getting from some of these movies, except that none of them are scaring me. And that's upsetting. I skipped a movie before I watched the reading. What day is it? It, Today is day eight. So yesterday was day seven, day six. So day five, I watched a movie called X with Jenna Ortega. And that was really good. Disappointed me because I really thought again, I would be scared during it. I had no idea they were gonna, they were fucking filming a porn video Like, I thought they were filming a student film. Like, and then they're fucking having, like, crazy sex. Meanwhile, my mom, whatever. Um, It was good. It was an A24 movie, so it was done. It was executed perfectly. The acting was phenomenal, the best yet. And the use of the sort of film... Because it wasn't your typical... It was um, a 2023 movie set in the 70s, I think. So they used um, a film camera really nicely. And the way they did the, the dimensions on film, I love when they change dimensions on camera to show you, like, this is the porn fucking video. And this is present day real life shit going on for them it was really good i would recommend you watch it if you like uh, slasher films but that are really done well and period piece so it, it was great um tonight's movie i don't remember what tonight's movie is let me go let me search my list tonight is called sinister let me see what is i've heard of sinister before and i'm pretty sure this is um finally a supernatural movie sinister okay let's see sinister oh it's a bloom oh my god i love bloom horror movies okay this has got to be good then true crime writer ellison oswald is in a slump he hasn't had a best selling little he hasn't had a best seller in more than 10 years and is becoming increasingly desperate for a hit so when he discovers the existence of a snuff film oh, i love when snuff films are involved showing the death of a family oh my god he vows to solve the mystery oh my god this sounds phenomenal He moves his own family into the victim's home. Why would you do that, babe? And gets to work. However, when old footage, when old film footage and other cues hint at the presence of a supernatural force, finally, Ellison learns learns that living in the house may be fatal. Oh, my God. Finally, this sounds spooky. I love Supernatural, it doesn't get scarier than Supernatural because let me tell you why, because slasher films, again, there's like a structure for them. There are rules, you know, when someone is alone, you know, when the music starts to amp up, you know, certain cues are happening and something scary is going to happen. And, you know, the thing is like someone's going to die. But with supernatural, paranormal specifically, horror films, it's a fucking ghost. Whether it possesses you or is roaming around, you don't know what this thing is going to do. And the fun thing about supernatural films is the ghosts are tormenting you. The spirits are playing with you. They're fucking with you. They're having a good time. You know that supernatural spirit loves taunting you it's playing a game with you it doesn't want to kill you immediately because it wants to watch you like discover it it wants to watch you try to like figure out why these weird things are happening in the house and then have that realization that oh my god it's haunted and then be scared so you get to watch that with slasher films it's especially if it's a who done it, you're working you're working double time. You're trying to figure out who's the murderer, but you're also trying to figure out like who's going to be next. And they're predictable. Supernatural films, you you're, you're going to know there's going to be death involved, but you don't know the extent of the spirit and you don't know again how that spirit works. So it's a learning curve with every paranormal movie. And they're just more eerie. They're more scary and spooky. I'm obsessed with them, so I cannot wait to finally have a supernatural movie to watch tonight. I'm so happy. Um, okay, so I wanted to I wanted to talk a little bit about some celebrity stuff because people are very angry right now again at Kim Kardashian. Because she is an ambassador for Balenciaga. After the whole Balenciaga and kids thing is not good. She put out a statement when that was happening. And stopped working with them I think during that period. But is working with them again now. And... First of all, people have too much time on their hands to be mad at fucking Kim Kardashian for working with Balenciaga because, like, her association with Balenciaga really doesn't matter. She's not the one harming the kids. If that's happening, like, I, I don't know all the specific details, so please don't come fully at me. My point is not to say Balenciaga is good, it's not good. I don't support Balenciaga. Please don't support Balenciaga. Blah, blah, blah. What I am here to say is why is Kim Kardashian getting all the hate? Because I swear to God, Beyonce was wearing Balenciaga in her Renaissance tour. Now, don't. C- I love Queen Bee. I went to the tour. I had a good time. I am a full Beyonce fan now. Took me some time, but I'm here. And I'm not telling anyone to throw shade at her. What I'm saying is why hate on Kim Kardashian and not like all the other celebrities? It just doesn't make sense to me. If you're going to hate someone for wearing Balenciaga, shouldn't you hate everyone who wears Balenciaga? That's what I've got to say about that one. Also, Drew Barrymore, to go back to... Her whole fiasco. She now for the show. Right. Because the whole. Well just to remind you guys of the whole fiasco. She. In the middle of the strike. Was like I'm going to. My show's coming back. And then she was like I'm sorry. I offended everyone by bringing back my show. I'm not going to bring back my show. The next week. The writer's strike ended. Now. Her three top writers for the Drew Barrymore show are not going to return because she was going to start working again um, in the middle of the strike. And they're like, we don't support that. We don't support that decision. So three of her main writers, her, her lead writers, are like, we're not coming back. Which means that they have to find writers, which I don't think they're going to have a hard time doing. But the tone of the show is going to be different because the top writers are gone. The lead writers are gone. And they write the tone of the show. So without the head writers, things are going to be different. Like, of course, Drew and her attitude is going to be the same and she's still gonna bring her warmth that she does but the actual structure of the show the feeling of it the everything that's not drew will feel different and probably be different so we'll have to tune in to see how it really does change without those three core writers we'll be right back after this commercial break Layback Living is a furniture store that has been providing customers with high quality and stylish furniture for years. They offer a wide selection of furniture for every room in the house, from the living room to the bedroom to the dining room and more. At Layback Living, customers can find furniture that not only looks great, but is comfortable and functional. At Layback Living, quality is their top priority. They only source furniture from trusted manufacturers and personally select each item to ensure that it meets their high standards. Their knowledgeable staff is always available to assist customers in finding perfect furniture pieces to fit their unique style and needs. With their exceptional customer service and commitment to quality, Layback Living is the perfect destination for anyone in search of beautiful and functional furniture. Be sure to check out their website at laybacklivinghome.com or check out their location in Richmond BC and be sure to use code I don't care for 10% off your purchase. Oh my god. Guys, I had my driving test on Tuesday. And I I was so stressed. I missed my period the whole month, and I'm blaming it on the stress level I had for that fucking test. I had not been that stressed in years, and I'm so happy it's over and done with. And spoiler alert, I passed. Thank God. And I never have to do another driving test in my life, unless by the time I'm old, they've made a rule where old people now have to take a test which should be in place um i'm done no more tests for me i'm officially a full driver i got my full license yay 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 which means also when i do decide to get a car insurance will be cheaper which is amazing because i can't fucking afford expensive insurance or even not expensive insurance, like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, um, not capable, and I am just happy that that test is over with. God, it was ruining my life, but let me tell you how the test went. So, I show up, and I'm waiting in line, shit in my motherfucking pants, waiting in this line to be checked in, and I finally get to the till, and I show them my two pieces of ID because you have to do that. And the guy goes, do you have your birth certificate? And I'm like, no, I don't usually bring my birth certificate with me places or use it as a piece of ID. He's like, okay, that's fine. The system needs your, lic- your birth certificate, but that's okay for now. So he signs me up. I'm good to go. I'm waiting for my tester then she comes and she says Alexis I'm like Alexia and she's like oh sorry blah 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 she goes okay get in your car the first thing they do is ask you to do your signals um, ask you to do your hands turning signals and stuff for the bikers so having it like I'm not even gonna try to explain but if you're watching this is right this is stop and this is left if you're not watching I just did some arm movements that mean right left and stop so I did that then she gets in the car she's like where's your hazards where are your defrost buttons I show her and then she goes when it's safe pull out of the parking lot and go over there so then we start the actual test and the test portion was like 25 minutes i did some just merging onto um like a highway kind of busy road and then some left turns with the left turn light signal without the left turn light signal we did some right turns some right turns onto slow streets some left turns onto main streets School zone, park zone, uh, parallel parking. Then she asks when you're parallel park to show her what you would do to get out of the car. You have to make sure you shoulder check before you would open the door. Um, You do 360 checks before you park your car, before you leave. You always use your emergency brake, yada, yada, yada then we did some pulling over she made me do a three-point turn because we were talking so much um, she forgot to give me directions at one point point. and um i did a high school zone and in high school school zones you don't follow the 30 kilometer rule you only do that for elementary school and middle schools so so you guys know on high high schools don't follow the 30 kilometer rule Um, And then we, I merged back onto that highway to get back. And then I reverse parked at the parking lot at ICBC. So it was basic stuff pretty much. Um, When I did do the parallel parking, there was no car behind me. So I was able to back up as much as I needed. And then did a 360 checked. 360 and then pulled forward, check 360, park. I know that's redundant, but I remember on my end test being dinged for not doing a 360 check before some sort of step in my parallel parking. So now I just do it every time. Well, not now, but I just like did it every step of the way because I couldn't remember exactly what step I got dinged for. Um, But the things that I got dinged for for this test was again, we were talking so much me and the tester that at one point when I was getting to a stop sign, I stopped a little too late. So I was stopping on the white line instead of just before the white line, just for one stop sign. And then for one um, turn, I was shoulder checking in the middle of the turn rather than before. Um, but again, that was just for one shoulder check. And then, um, when I was doing a left turn, she said when I was waiting, like in the middle of the intersection to do the left turn that I had already turned my wheels to the left. She goes, when you're sitting in the intersection waiting to take that left turn, keep your wheels straight. So if a car hits you, you go straight instead of in towards the traffic which makes sense but like i'd never heard that before nobody's ever told me that before i didn't even know that was a rule um and then the other thing the last thing was for one of my merges i went into the bike lane just a little bit and obviously if there was a biker there yikes but there wasn't so she just said you're a good driver, just a couple little things, but overall was really good. And I was like, "Yay, it's fucking done." She's like, "Congratulations. Thank you." Um and then I went back inside cuz she has to ring me up and I, f- it's $50 for the fucking test. And then you have to pay on top of it the license uh fee. So I go into the thing, I pay the license fee we go to take my picture i sign it i don't i didn't even like look at the picture because i was like it's always terrifying i did not dress for the part like i don't look good um so then she goes do you have your birth certificate i need to see it i go no i don't have i again like i don't have my fucking birth certificate i didn't say it like that of course i was like no i don't have it And then she was like, because it says that you didn't bring a second piece of ID for the test. I was like, no, that's incorrect. I brought that piece of ID and I also brought my BC card. And uh, she goes, okay, well, you need to come back with your birth certificate because there's something wrong with your name. Fuck. Okay. So then on Thursday, I finally had the time to go back to ICBC Um, with my birth certificate and pretty much they had two files open in my name. One was Alexia DE space Stefano and the other was Alexia D Stefano without the space, which is incorrect. My last name is DE space Stefano. So they needed my birth certificate to confirm which name it was, which is a little stupid because I feel like they could have used my multiple pieces of ID that I gave them. Plus my word for it. Like, I don't know exactly why they needed my birth certificate of all things. But it was just annoying to have to go back there just for them to delete one file because there were whatever. It's fine. But um, thank God that's over and done with. I'm so happy to not have to deal with that anymore and to just have um have my full license because now when I do drive I don't need to carry that in around with me which is nice as well um so those are my life update oh well I also started a second job so now I work four days a week but starting next week it's five days a week which is good because I want to move to L.A. one day and a girl's got to start saving for moving to L.A. Um, And that's now all the life updates. Uh, If you wear Balenciaga, stop. But if you're hating on Kim Kardashian, that's fine. But also equally hate on every celebrity that endorses or wears Balenciaga. Equality. Equality. And if you're Drew Barrymore, if you're looking for a writer. Now that the strike is over, I'll do it. Drew, forget everything I said about you. No, look, I love Drew Barrymore. It was just um shocking first of all that it was her trying to go back in the midst of a strike. But also it was just insensitive and the wrong decision. But even if you make a wrong decision in the public eye you and you purposely made it with lots of deliberation and thought stick to your word. Um, Don't be wishy-washy. Just if you made a decision for whatever reasons you should be able to even through the hate stick by that. Um, All right. I so our dinner is is in an hour. I'm hoping I can maybe finish this episode and go watch Sinister so then I'm not having to watch it late at night because I like to go to bed early. And if we're having the family over, people are going to leave at least at 10 o'clock probably. And then I want to go to bed. So I'm going to try to squeeze it in before people come, which means I'm going to wrap it up here. Thank you guys for listening. Be sure... To follow on anywhere you listen to podcasts on, subscribe at YouTube, rate the podcast, leave me a review, comments, um, do the things for me. I put in a lot of work. All you have to do is click a couple buttons and it makes me happy. So make me fucking happy. Alrighty, Roo, everybody. Bye. Yeah.